Hello and welcome to the Vexillogicast. From the resting place of St. John Newman, I'm Simon the Cannibal. On today's episode of the Vexillogicast, we'll be talking about French flags, as today is Bastille Day, and I figured I'd broach the subject. As always, head over to vexillogicast.com, that is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T.com for links to images of the flags and the Reddit subforum of r slash Simon the Cannibal for discussion. Might I also add that there exists a YouTuber, Jabzy, J-A-B-Z-Y, who has done a wonderful little episode on the history of the French flag that I recommend you check out. This will be in the show notes for this show, and it will add to what I have to talk about this show. So, with no further ado... Before we jump into French flags generally, we have to go on to a little hagiographical adventure. That is to say, to explore Catholic saints. Specifically, Saint-Denis also in English, St. Denis, and St. Martin. Now, I should back up a little bit and say that my interest in vexillology was spurred by taking a class at the University of Notre Dame by Father Neil Roy that was entitled Saints in Art and Icon. If you did not know, many saints have flags, and Father Roy was good enough to mention that These different flags of different saints inspired national flags, first and foremost among them, the flag of the United Kingdom, being a combination of St. George's flag, St. Andrew's flag, and St. Patrick's flag. If any of my listeners are currently going to the University of Notre Dame, might I recommend taking that class? It's fantastic. And you get to learn a little bit more about all sorts of artistic things while completing your theological requirement for graduation. And speaking of Father Roy, he has his own fan page on Facebook. I recommend you check it out. And he's very adamantly against the current flag of Canada and wishes to see the return of the previous flag of Canada, which was a British red ensign. But yes, French flags. So to jump on this hagiographical train... We must first start with St. Denis. St. Denis was the Bishop of Paris in the 3rd century. As this was not entirely a time of Christian acceptance, he was decapitated by Roman pagans on what is now known as Montmartre, also known as the, the Hill of Martyrs, after him. And despite being decapitated, he walked about 10 miles with his head in his hands. As such, if you see an icon of St. Denis, you will see a saint with no head, carrying a head, often draped in red. The Basilica of St. Denis was founded where he supposedly ended up dying, and is the resting place of most kings of France from the mid-400s to the mid-1800s, of course, Louis XVIII being the last king of France. To go further down the wormhole... St. Denis is one of the 14 auxiliary saints, that is to say, the 14 helper saints, and he is to be invoked in case you have a headache. Uh, He is supposedly very good at curing headaches because his head was chopped off. To draw a parallel, another of the auxiliary saints was St. Echiatus, who is also invoked against headaches because he had nails driven into his head 
which is how he was martyred. For us, though, on the Vexillogicast, St. Dennis is represented by a red banner. According to legend, this was a cloth that was dipped in his blood as he died and just kind of mopped it up and then brought with him. And it was flown as a battle standard by several different kings of France for quite a while. It is often conflated with the Oriflamme, and I'm not pronouncing that right, I guarantee you, which was another red battle standard flown by kings of France. As Saint Denis was a bishop of Paris, this is where a Parisian color of red comes in. Our second saint of the episode is Saint Martin of Tours. According to legend, Saint Martin was a soldier drafted into the Roman army uh, who was one of the first conscientious objectors. According to legend, he abandoned the Roman army, became bishop of Paris in the 4th century, and is kind of a big deal in Paris and all around Europe. For our purposes, we need to know that he was a soldier, and during his soldiering days, he came across a beggar who was naked in winter, and he cut his cloak in half and gave half of the cloak to the beggar. The cloak was blue. After he gave the cloak to the beggar, he saw a vision of Jesus, and Jesus was all like, Hey, thank you for the cloak. It was really me in disguise. And that miracle plus St. Martin just being an excellent bishop for the population turned him into a venerated figure. St. Martin's feast day is November 11th, which is surprisingly important to Europe, being kind of a European Thanksgiving. Uh, Martin Moss. November 11th is kind of the, the final harvest before winter, the last little bit you can get before winter. It often started a period of fasting, kind of like a autumn Lent, and is just kind of a, a big deal, like a Fat Tuesday or a Mardi Gras in November, and so important that World War I ended on the 11th hour of the 11th day of the 11th month, which is the Feast of St. Martin. But to get back to the cloak, St. Martin was again represented with blue. He was a bishop of Paris. St. Denis was represented by red, and he was also a bishop of Paris. And so the flag of Paris is a blue and red vertical bicolor, kind of representing both of these saints. Our final saint, before we get into vexillology proper, is St. Joan of Arc. And I won't go into too much of her history. I suspect that you already know a lot about St. Joan of Arc because she is so ingrained in popular culture. But suffice to say that when she went into battle, she went into battle with a white standard with a picture of Jesus on it. Somehow this inspired the Huguenots to adopt white as their color, which then turned into the Bourbons and the Bourbon dynasty adopting white as their color, which meant that France as a nation, when really nationalism was on a rise, was represented by white, often with fleur-de-lis. And so now we have the three colors of the French flag. In chronological order, the red of St. Denis, the blue of St. Martin, and the white of Joan of Arc. I should sidebar for just a moment and mention the fleur-de-lis. Although it is not part of the current French flag, it was obviously a big part of French flags uh, going back quite a long time. There is some dispute 
what exactly the fleur-de-lis is. Is it a lily? Is it a spear? Is it a bee? I'm fond of the interpretation that the fleur-de-lis is an iris, but that's neither here nor there because the fleur-de-lis is its own thing. The fleur-de-lis, to many people, just represents French culture. As such, oftentimes you'll see the French being represented by three fleur-de-lis on a blue field. And I should say that the fleur-de-lis were often depicted as gold, and the iris that was common around France was a yellow iris. I'm certain you've seen three gold fleur-de-lis on blue, so I won't go too much into that, but that's a common symbol of France. I believe we actually talked about that in the pilot episode as a representation of France under monarchy. Finally, you also see the fleur-de-lis during the Bourbon Restoration, which saw gold, a, a ton of gold fleur-de-lis on a white background. But that's what we're not here today to talk about. We are instead here to talk about the flag of France. The flag of France is a blue, white, red, vertical tricolor and has been around since about 1794. It is somewhat inspired by the revolutionary cockades, and these are small, round ribbons that were worn by revolutionaries in various revolutions. In the French Revolution, it was a blue and red ribbon, to which eventually the white was added. According to Lafayette, the white was intended to mean nationalism or the people of France beyond just the Parisians, as Paris was represented by blue and red. But this blue, white, red flag has a lot of different meanings. I'm sure you've heard some of them, and I'm sure that they're right. Some people say that blue, white, red means bourgeoisie, clergy, and nobility. Some people say that it means liberty, equality, and fraternity. But it means a lot of things to a lot of different people. More importantly, this vertical tricolor was very much an inspiration for an anti-monarchical sentiment around Europe. So you see a lot of republics around Europe adopting this vertical tricolor in opposition to horizontal tricolors that were more of the monarchy. Ireland and Italy come to mind immediately. To talk about what the French flag has inspired... I wanted to mention very briefly that uh, Leon Cognier, I'm not entirely sure how to say that, has a wonderful painting about the July 1830 revolution, which was against the Bourbon Restoration, which has a white flag of the Bourbons first being torn, possibly by a cannonball, to show a blue sky at the hoist, and then being dripped in blood at the fly, turning a white flag slowly into the current flag of France. So yes, the flag of France, the blue, white, red, vertical tricolor, has been around since 1794 with a slight gap from 1815 to 1830 and has been pretty influential. And being such a recognizable symbol, it has had several variants made of it. I'll talk about just a couple of these. For example, with the advent of color television, the flag has gotten lighter. Apparently, lighter colors show up better on TV. And so if someone who's waving the flag knows they're going to be on TV, there is an official variant 
that has a lighter color red and a lighter color blue that is to be used during official functions on television. Also for use on television is the presidential standard. As the president of France often addresses the public of France on TV behind a podium and framed, you know, chest and face, flying a conventional French flag would only show the blue part of the French flag. There exists a variant, which has been around since Jacques Chirac, that is the French flag, but it is, in order, three parts blue, one part white, three parts red, such that if the president is on TV, you can see that it's a blue, white, red flag behind them. An interesting use of a flag at rest. A similar way that the French play with their flag is at sea. The naval ensign of France is slightly skewed. It is 30 parts blue, 33 parts white, 37 parts red, so that the blue vertical stripe is skinnier than the white vertical stripe, which is skinnier than the red vertical stripe. And this aids for identification at sea. To go off on a tangent on identification, the French were among the first to come up with Air Force roundels. I believe we talked about these in the United Kingdom episode. But again, these are circular patterns to identify planes to the enemy or friends so that you didn't have friendly fire, etc. in World War I. The French roundel, much like the French cockade, was a blue center surrounded by a white circle surrounded by a red circle. I feel that it is one of the most common roundels you'll see. Other uses of the French flag include on the colonies of France, much like the British had colonies, and you see a lot of UK flags in the canton of colonial flags, you'd see French flags in the canton of colonial flags, with the exception of Lebanon. And I mentioned Lebanon because I really enjoy this flag, which is the French flag, again, blue, white, red, vertical, tricolor, with a green cedar of Lebanon in the center. Just a nifty little play on the French flag that I thought was, you know, worth mentioning. Since it's getting late tonight, and it is Bastille Day, and I just want to get this episode out, I'm going to stop talking here, but I did want to say that I owe you an episode on Brittany, Corsica, Ile de France, and Aquitaine slash Normandy, which I was going to mention because I like to mention smaller flags in addition to national flags. I might make those for their own episode soon, but for now, I should let you go. As always, show notes are available at vexillogicast.com. That is V-E-X-I-L-L-O-G-I-C-A-S-T dot com. Discussion is on the Reddit subforum of r slash Simon the Cannibal. My Twitter handle is at cannibal underscore Simon. And I welcome any and all suggestions as to how to improve this podcast. Next week, I'll be talking about the flag of Georgia, possibly another state, but I suspect that Georgia will take up most of the time. And after that, maybe I'll get into some of the departments of France. I sincerely hope you've enjoyed this episode. And so, best wishes from the Vexilogicast. <laughs> <laughs>